0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horsin around with Broncos Insider Andrew Mason. Oh my god. Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like that. Players, coaches, insiders. Let's go. And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy Duddies. Now, Swag. here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason.
1: Andrew Mason, Ryan Edwards of Orange and Blue 760. Not going to be a happy recap this time. Not at all. 27-23. Chiefs come from 10 points down in the fourth quarter to take the win here. Deal the Broncos a sixth consecutive defeat in this series. A second consecutive defeat in this season.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a game that was very winnable uh, in in a lot of ways. I mean, all is not lost. I think we talked about it uh, in relation to the game over the course of the last week or so, saying, look, it doesn't end the season by losing to the Chiefs in this game. But what I think uh, the resounding feeling I got from the locker room, got from a lot of the players, including Vance Joseph, is that this was a winnable game, that they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, uh, they actually had a pretty crazy streak, according to ESPN stats and info. That was uh, the longest in the NFL, like 65 straight games with a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Gracious! Yeah, wow. yeah, it's, it's the longest in the NFL. Anyways, that, that that's a tough thing. But uh, in the end, look, the the the, the reality is uh, there there were. Mistakes. So I know we say that a lot, but it wasn't the same kinds of mistakes. And so maybe that's a little bit of what we take away from this: is that it wasn't the penalties as much as we were used to, at least in the Baltimore game. They did have the one turnover, but it wasn't the backbreaker at the end of the game. They survived that turbo turnover. Defense so. did a
1: nice job on the possession after that. Yes. And you know we we talked today on first and ten, ten about how the Broncos had turned the ball over three or more times on four occasions during their five-game losing streak coming into this game today, only one, at least in the Chiefs series. So Mm -hmm. that was a positive, but a couple of things were clear to me. Number one, the offense, effective as it was for a long time, was not effective when you needed to be in the fourth quarter going three and out at the worst possible time. And the defense... Sometimes the Chiefs are going to play the long game with teams. Patrick Mahomes, he scrambles. He forces guys to maintain their coverage on the back end for longer. And as Brandon Marshall told me in the locker room, eventually it has an effect and it tires you out. And I think some of the lapses in coverage in the fourth quarter, some were schematic. I think some were also simply tired legs from chasing Chiefs around for long stretches on plays throughout the game. Yeah,
0: and the Chiefs had the ball 10 minutes longer, basically, than the Broncos over the course of the game. A couple things stood out to me. First of all, uh, the Broncos ran the ball at an extremely efficient ratio here, 22 mm. for 159, 7.2 average. And again, that, that makes that 3-and-out even more perplexing when yeah. it came because you had one run with Phillip Lindsay, You had a, a complete pass for no gain to Emmanuel Sanders, and then uh, Case Keenum scrambled out and ended up taking a sack. But but a brutal 3-and-out, but uh, considering how well they had run the ball up until that point. You only ran it once on that possession. You only ran it once on that possession, and, and so that was a little bit of a confounding kind of yeah. throw-your-hat moment for the Broncos. We'll, we'll get win. into those on Tuesday morning, definitely. will one for sure. <laughs> but, again, you know, you're talking about three penalties for 25 yards. You know, you said you want to get bet- better, you want to play cleaner football, three penalties for 25 yards. Now, you, you did, of course, lose the turnover battle because you had the one interception. Some of that was on case. Some of that was just a great defensive play. I thought Jeff Hireman telegraphed the play a little too much. Put his hands up. You know, you're always taught as a receiver to wait as long as possible. Right. But he held his hands up in the air, waiting for that ball, allowed the defender to read Jeff Hireman and get, get in position to make that interception. Really good play. But I mean, there, there's so many stats that stand out to me on here of ways they should have won this game, and that's what I think is going to ultimately be frustrating. Is you you let another game go, and now you're two and two. You had them
1: in second and 30 yeah second and 30 yep. late with fourth quarter. 53 to go yep and that sets up the 23 yard pass to Robinson that gets the Chiefs off the mat when you have a team in second and 30 like that late in the game you got to shut them down You've got to get the stop
0: there. Yeah, that was that was that was brutal. He complete, you know. And, and again, you got to give a lot of appreciation to Patrick Mahomes. I know that a lot of people are going to be frustrated to hear that, uh, and and maybe it's a little too soon to talk about uh, how good Patrick Mahomes was in this game. But he scrambled out to the right. Mm-hmm. He found a receiver downfield for 23 yard gain. Got a big chunk of it there. It was third and seven. Uh, the clock did run to zero. Uh, everybody in the stadium saw it. Even the officials eventually admitted to it, as we found out in the locker room. They all admitted oh. to the players, to the coach, that it did run to zero. But, but it wasn't. It's not challengeable. I,
1: amazing. It's not reviewable, and that's a, a rule problem. I'm not going to sit here and blame the officials. You have second and thirty. You've got to get out of it. Period. Full stop. That's it. End of story. Well, and
0: the players weren't using it as an excuse, right? Like, they, they I weren't. mean, you know, that's uh, like I tweeted that out uh, about Brandon Marshall and what yeah. he said, and I think a lot of people were like, "You guys should have." That's not no, the excuse. I was Like, no, it wasn't excuse. They all
1: said, "Hey, second and thirty, we've yeah. got to stop them." Yeah, they all said that. So let's make that clear. At the same time, you do want it to be officiated properly. It was clear as day, and the fact that it's not challengeable, that is something that. Is a loophole in the rules that needs to be closed because you're not talking about something that is subjective here, okay? You've got cameras all over Mm -hmm. the place, and those cameras usually, at least one camera, usually has the play clock in it from field level. There was an angle that showed the clock hitting zero and Patrick Mahomes still waiting for the snap. It's clear as day. Replay
0: ought to be able to overturn that, just like replay can get a team for 12 men on the field. That's a, that's exactly the penalty that I was thinking about as well, is that you can examine that, you can go back, you can challenge that, and you can't challenge the clock running to zero, and it was a crucial play. And at third and 12, yeah, I mean, that's, again, the percentages. You're talking about percentages from third to seven to third and 12. They completed a deep pass you know, down on a deep cross, and and again, it put them up into the red zone. They end up scoring on a Kareem Hunt touchdown. What about the drive that resulted, the, the the final drive, the Case Keenum drive back down the field, uh, beautiful uh, pass and catch with Jeff Hierman for 36 yeah. yards, uh, a lot's being talked about with the Demerius Now, the Demerius Thomas pass, now I was down on field level on the far end, the south end, so yeah. I wasn't able to see it on the north end, what did you see on that?
1: Well, I was down at the same spot, I've seen the replay a couple of times, and... I think Keenum just missed him. Just missed him. Just overthrew him. And yeah. Demarius gets his hand up, kind of to reach for the ball, but that thing is sailing
0: out of bounds. God, you got to make that play. Yeah. I mean, what, what else can you say? I mean, you you drive the length of the field. Uh, I mean, you put together that kind of drive, and you're you've got a future Ring of Famer open. Yes. You got to hit him. Yeah. He he, he made he made him. a move, and he was open, and that's
1: it was a good move. Oh yeah. Great route by Demarius Thomas there.
0: And you got to at least give your guy a chance too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I understand living for another play. I I'm all, I'm all for that making the right read on it, but then there's the other side of it where you just man, you got to give your guys a chance. I, that look, that, those are some missed opportunities That's again another kind of throw your hat moment. Um, yeah. but but I thought they ran the ball really well. They were low on the penalties. And and ultimately, they look. They, they led thirteen to ten at halftime. That's not a predict a score we could have predicted necessarily, considering how well the Chiefs have been running,
1: especially early.
0: Yeah. The Broncos got the start they wanted. Yes, the Chiefs
1: had forced three and outs to open every game to this point. Denver quickly gets a first down on the first series, so that's out the window. They drive to a field goal. Now you're disappointed with how the drive ended up going. Mm -hmm. They had momentum on the ground, and then Demaryius Thomas had that drop, and it seemed to stall the Broncos. But they got points on the first drive. They held the Chiefs to a field goal on their first possession. The early part of it where Kansas City has jumped out on everybody You basically held them to a stalemate, and I said after the first quarter, you kind of have to regard that as a victory, and then you played even better in the second quarter. Nice touchdown drive, really got the running game going. Then, really, you dominated 47 minutes of this game. The last 13, though? The Chiefs owned, and that was the difference.
0: And that was the difference. And Patrick Mahomes, uh, I mean, he he took he took over. Got to give him credit. Got to give credit to the fact that they were able to establish the running game with Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. who had a, a big night, his first hundred yard plus game of the season. You know, we said coming into the game that, of sure, you you know, you have to pay attention to him, but they just really hadn't shown the propensity to want to run the ball yet. And tonight, tonight they did. Tonight <laughs> they stayed with it, and the holes got a little bit bigger as the game won, wore on. Uh, the the Broncos uh, more or less contained Tyreek Hill. They didn't give up a ton to uh, to Travis Kelsey. I know that Kelsey got a lot of late catches, but he didn't get his first catch till the third quarter. Right, and then
1: after that, seven catches for 78 yards. But then you had Demetrius Harris. Yeah. 59 yards on two receptions, 29.5 yards a catch. So you put those two together, yeah. tight end. You're talking about nine yeah. receptions for 137 yards. Again, the tight end position, causing the Broncos problems on defense.
0: And it did. And so you you accomplished a few of the goals that you set out in this game. And now I guess the question becomes, where's this team now? Because the way they lost this game was definitely not like last year. So we kept, we kept, I know we keep coming back to that, and maybe fans don't want to hear about it, and I know the players don't want to hear about it. But I actually take that as a, a minor positive, even in a loss. Even but that it, last drive. Yeah, right. That's not something. Last, they do year, last
1: year would have been four no. plays and out. Yep, they had a
0: chance, and it almost looked like that. Yeah, I mean, but they a- got out of it, and Case did.
1: Keenum had the nice connection to Emmanuel Sanders right at the sticks yep. on fourth down to keep that driving alive. Found Hightman. I thought tonight was a really promising game for Jeff Hightman, even Agreed. though you want him to uh, not have that pick at his expense. Case Keenum, of course, was looking for Hireman. It was a bit of a tug-of-war. hireman probably got his hands up a little bit too early, something you were mentioning. Yeah. But still, he had a 36-yard catch late, 57 yards on four receptions. Matt Lacoste filling in 17 yards on another catch. So he got mm-hmm. 74 yards on five catches from the tight end. That's per- that's perfectly solid production right there.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you ran the ball efficiently. You got good production out. I, I wanted to see maybe a little bit more involvement for uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who... Let's see, when did he end up with uh, in this game? i to go find the stats here. but
1: Sanders was 5-for-45.
0: Okay. Yeah. And also had the 18-yard
1: run yeah. behind a pancake block from Andy Janovich there at the end.
0: Probably would have liked to see a little bit more for, for Emmanuel Sanders considering he's uh, maybe your mm. number one wide receiver. But, I mean, look, you know the, there's just so many ways in this game that the, the Broncos should have found a way to win. And, uh, as you said, for about 47 minutes, it looked like they were going to be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not going to come away from this game panicking. I'm definitely not coming away from this game panicking. I talked about mm-hmm. it all across the, the week. That the goal now is you have to win against the Jets, which was probably a must-win anyways, considering how they're playing. And and from there you'll be three and two. And then you welcome in the Rams and the Rams. By the way, are you know I'm missing a keep to leave. Look, they they look like a juggernaut. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it's maybe even a, a tougher matchup. But if you can continue to dedicate to the run, if you can run at the clip that they're running at right now. Yeah. I mean, this team, the offensive line, run blocking, spectacular. Yeah. Way better than I expected this the year.
1: The only team in football that has rushed for 140 yards three times this year. It's incredible. The worst game rushing was 120 against the Ravens in Week 3. That's the bread and butter of the offense. I think if we've learned one thing about the about the offense in the first quarter of the season is run first, run often, and even if you fall behind, Keep running. That's where this team is going to succeed. Is on the ground.
0: There's one guy that uh, I, w- if I were him, I wouldn't feel too great or too comfortable after this game, and that's Marquette King. Oh, the 35 yarder. I uh, ended up with a 41 yard average. But, but the, yeah, the
1: 35 yarder at the worst yeah. possible time. You needed to flip field. You need a, f- a field flipping blast from Marquette King, and of course, they brought in Colby Wadman. Yep. On the practice squad last week to apply a little bit of pressure and Marquette King for the night. Remember, he had the punt that led to a, a long return by Tyreek Hill early in the game, yep. and so you're looking at Marquette King tonight. That net average 28.7. That will not do. No, it not will at not all. Do.
0: And I mean, if they would have escaped with a win, maybe you you let it roll, but. That's a guy that you're paying a lot of money to. Yep. And uh, the expectations are that he's going to be worth every penny. And uh, so far, uh, he, he's look, Vance Joseph talked about it. Same, same sentence. He's got to do better. He's got to do better. And so if, if uh, they see what they like out of Colby Wadman, I wouldn't be shocked this week if there's a consideration there. What do you think about Case Keenum's overall performance?
1: Not bad. Yeah. Not good enough to win in the end. But not bad.
0: Had, no, no, no passing touchdowns and uh, I, one interception. Kept a minute. 245.
1: Uh, you know, had some nice throws. Spread the ball around. You had three players with at least 45 yards receiving: Hireman, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders.
0: You know, the one thing I didn't like about but, Case tonight is is his pocket awareness. Well, he sacked four times. That's yeah, just, that
1: is exactly what I was going to get to. Yeah, four sacks.
0: The only thing like like everything else was manageable you know i mean I, I you know like you'd like to see him be a little more prolific against one of the worst defenses in the league but that's the one thing his pocket awareness it just seemed like as things were breaking down he'd still be holding on to the ball and and usually there's a beat with that and mm-hmm. and he just it never seemed like it was clicking for him you know what i'm saying yeah that that's the one thing with case that you know we we noted that he at times held the ball a bit too long against baltimore yeah and then here against Kansas City he definitely held the ball uh way too long many times and so his his pacing with the pocket and the pressure just didn't seem to be there today
1: sacked 4 times hit 9 times
0: yeah that's not now, good now
1: some of that's on the o line which it is doing very well in run blocking but two weeks in, in a row has struggled in pass pro
0: yeah yeah that that's one that uh, I'm going to go back and watch and uh, get a get a better idea it's going to be a long night tonight yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Look, you're you're not you're not thrilled with this. Um, you know, tomorrow when we note guys that uh, ended up having nice games, I mean, Andy Janovich was just an absolute monster tonight. Oh I mean, absolute goodness. stud. And I in know, every way, yeah,
1: in every way that a fullback can succeed. And I think we'll get a look at the snap count tomorrow morning. Figuring out, okay, how are they replacing Jake Butt? Yeah, some of it is going to be. More eye formation, more offset eye, yeah. more Andy Janovich. Speaking of, he was even an H back at times as well. Yes, they he were was. moving him around.
0: Speaking of snaps, are you a little interested or surprised by how much Bond Miller is not playing? Yes, he didn't, he went a whole series and didn't even didn't even get in there. Now I'm sure they're trying to
1: conserve him and make sure that he's fresh all the way through, and I'm sure they're trying to take advantage of. The fact that they are very deep on the edge with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Shaq Barrett, and Shane Ray. But at the same time, if you're in a big tight game,
0: you gotta let your big dog eat. Yep. And Von Miller's your biggest dog out there. But uh, it's just a trend that I'm noticing. They're they're keeping him out mm-hmm. a lot more. And and you know what? Shaq Barrett had a great game. That's another guy that I I'm, I'm gonna point to that I liked his game a lot, not not because of the CSU thing. He really had a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Shane Ray had some nice pressure at times. Bradley <laughs> Chubb had some nice pressure.
1: Pardon me. Right. Shaq
0: Barrett in coverage, oh. downfield. Never thought I'd see Shaq Barrett getting so deep. I almost yeah. uh, high-fived some people in the press <laughs> box. That would have been a, wildly inappropriate, and I would never really do it. But there was a moment. I think all I said was Shaq Barrett is an awesome football player. That is all. That's all I could uh, tweet he is. out. He is. So there's a couple guys that uh, – and, again, I, you know, I'm going to come back to this game and, and say that they, they – perform well enough to win they I got I don't some think hurries it, yeah they did I'm, I'm not, off the edge I'm not freaking out about this performance I think the bu- the the bummer part of it really is that they they could have won they should have won this game and there were a lot of people picking them to lose now they're two and two how do they respond and, and you pointed something out as we were walking out of the locker room that I think that might the fans might want to hear What what was your take on the feeling inside the locker room overall
1: I think there was a lot of anger yeah Last week, it didn't seem all that angry when they lost to Baltimore. I saw a lot of anger. I saw a lot of pride yeah. in this locker room. I also saw a team that knew exactly why it lost. Yep. Now the question is, can they fix it?
0: And how different is that yeah. from last year when they didn't oh. know how? The, I mean, look, Week you, after week they were
1: fishing for answers yeah. and they just didn't know. I felt like after this game I th- that they could easily look back and you could even hear it from the guys in the locker room that they knew what went wrong and they knew how to fix it. Now it's a question of going to fix it. The other thing, teams have these sort of, t- of tests all the time. How do you respond? If they go to New York next week and lay the wood down on the Jets who are struggling right now, that – Week one win at Detroit looks more like a fluke with every passing game. If they do what you expect them to do, what they should do, run at them, pound the ball, pound the ball. Remember, they dominated the Jets here in Denver last year. That's the sort of response you want to see. Look, I don't think it's a, there's a reason to panic right now. You're concerned about some things. I don't think that it's time to hit the panic button at 2-2, two and two, especially when you look at the rest of the schedule mm-hmm. and – You may have seen two of the three best teams you're going to see already in Kansas City and Baltimore looking very good. Yes. You're going to see another one of those teams in two weeks with the Rams. Then it's starting to look like a bunch of games where you've got a pretty decent shot to win, starting with Arizona on through December. That doesn't look quite as daunting as it once did. And if the, Bron- if the Broncos can just maintain their composure, not let this fester, not let this become big a, a big issue and the start of a trend like they did last year, then they should be in the playoff chase at least right to the end.
0: I thought what they did tonight, for what it's worth, will absolutely work against the Jets. The game plan tonight, the way they played, I don't think Darnold's going to give them the same kind of fits moving around in the pocket. He
1: can't extend plays he in the can't same extend way plays. as Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have the pocket awareness and no. the feel in the pocket no. that Patrick Mahomes does.
0: And so you point to the reasons why they lost this game because somebody asked uh, why why do they think they lost this game? Well, first of all, they didn't they didn't get any turnovers. They they weren't able to stop Mahomes from mm-hmm. extending those plays. Uh, they they had good coverage. They had good disguise. They had they had good disguise on defense for the most part tonight. Yeah. They were sending blitzes so with corners and safeties, and sometimes even both. I mean, they they threw a lot at Mahomes, and he just extended plays to the point where guys would come open. I liked what they were doing defensively. That's what until, I'm saying. Until
1: they were up ten in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I love the oh, play call yeah. when they go blitz from Patrick Mahomes's left, and so instinctively. He's going to throw into the vacant area, which is to the left where the blitz was coming from. But you have Justin Simmons right there on Travis Kelsey to break up the pass. Mm -hmm. That's the sort of thing we've been waiting for from this defense. And we saw it. If the Broncos had won this game, nothing but raves for the defense. But they let down at the end. Second and 30. I'm going to say that over and over. I think a lot of fans are saying that. If you had them in second and 30 with 253 to go and a three-point lead, you've got to be able to get them off the field. No
0: excuse. Especially at home. Especially yeah. at home and and the way that game had played out, yeah, I know. Like I said, there's there isn't much excuse, and we'll we'll go over it tomorrow on on the show, and we'll be breaking it down over the course this week. It is a short week, so it's going to be kind of on to the Jets as soon as Wednesday. But you know, in this game, there's a lot to build off of, and that that's what that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a response from the Ravens game. I wanted to see better, uh, a cleaner game. You know, of course, you'd like to see no no turnovers, but those things tend to happen once in a while by the way the the, the interception that was wheeled weird too because he mm-hmm. rolled on top of a body out of bounds yeah never really touched the ground like, like and i'll watch it again but the, but the way i saw it on the replay it almost looked like he didn't really establish in bounds before they were rolling off and he was rolling on top of hireman mm-hmm. and so generally in the field of play it's you know the guy can continue the play onto yeah. the like the other side and maybe gain a yard off that in this case it Ended up being uh, out of bounds, but, but
1: replay reviewed it. I'm sure because it was an automatic I, yeah. review. Yeah, of course. On and they, a takeaway, they, and they, they, they stayed with they it. It,
0: it is what it is. But the, but, but the point is, is, what I wanted to see off of this is I wanted to see, I wanted to see building off of, a, and improving off of what happened against Baltimore, and they mm-hmm. did that. They they ran the ball very efficiently. They were much much better on penalties. The offensive line blocked, especially in the run, really well. And the things that they didn't build off of, punting was still was a, a bit of an issue. Uh, you know, Case Kim has a sixth interception of the season. That's not that's not good at all. I don't like what
1: that's on pace for.
0: No, no, uh, no, no. Nobody should. And part of the reason you brought him in was to be better at that. To be better at uh, to turning be no the ball. mistake yeah. case yep. like yep. he
1: was in Minnesota last year. Yep. I mean, think about it. Now he had seven picks in. 14 starts with the Vikings last year. He already has six in four games. Uh, you can dissect the causes of the inter- individual interceptions until you're blue in the face, but that isn't going to do. That's a problem.
0: No, it's a, definitely a problem. But like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come off this game not not thrilled with the outcome. There's no question about that. But I'm going to come off this game feeling like there's things to build on here. There's a path to success through this this blueprint of game for the defense the disguises they showed, the, the the challenges they threw at Patrick Mahomes are absolutely things that that are going to work on a team like the Jets. I expect that to be a win. I think it should be a resounding win, and then they're going to have to welcome the Rams to town. But but until then, uh, that's the focus. It's a must-have now. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the thing is lo- losing to the Chiefs. The one thing that you know you would have been nice to get the win because then it keeps the division in play. But there's still a path to the playoffs, and but it involves the Jets. Yes. You have to have this Jets game.
1: Yeah. And if you don't win at New York with the Rams coming in, then I think you mash the panic button. Yes. But not now. Not tonight. Not over the next five days before the Broncos go to MetLife Stadium take on the Jets. We'll have more conversation Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. on 1st and 10 at 10. No game balls this week because it was a loss. It was going to be things that made us throw our hats. I'm bringing in extra hats. Yes, We're you We're going are. to need them yes, after this are. game. And then plenty of chatter Wednesday, Thursday, Friday leading up to the game. We'll hear from Simon Fletcher yep. on Tuesday morning. of course so, he and, was, Mike Kliss, yeah, yep. and Mike Cliss, Yeah, and Mike Cliss of 9 News. Simon Fletcher actually was here tonight. They honored Ring of Famers, including our own Steve Atwater, and uh, we'll get his take on the game as well on the show. So plenty coming up this week. Join us 10 to 1 Mountain Time every weekday, 1st and 10 10. The conversation starts at 7 a.m. on Orange and Blue, 760, Tuesday morning with Tyler Palumbus and Andy Lindahl breaking it down. And uh, we move on to the next day. So will the Broncos. They've got to get it right next week. And I think they will. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next time.
0: This has been another edition of a Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done! We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.